Yeah, I mean, you guys are, like, there's so much, like, you guys are just, like, amazing by giving so many facts and things. And it's making me really, really think, like, going back, you said you were introduced to the the first drug in your first year, right? Like, that was your first year introductory into your own school. And then for us, it's like, Adderall, I think that's a huge thing on this campus, right? But we can chat about that in a bit. But, and you're right, people aren't necessarily thinking, oh, long-term, I'm going to lose my memory, long-term psychosis. They're just like, nah, today's the day, <laughs> tonight's the night, <laughs> it's going to go down. And I think the cliche that is always brought up is this whole element of like peer pressure. Why, like, I'm trying to think of like, why is it that then if people can say they know that long-term drug use is going to lead to adverse effects, but they still go into it. So what about either maybe the college experience or whatever the day-to-day or the moment-to-moment experience prompts, at least you could think about it theoretically, like what would prompt someone to just go into this, right? Knowing that there are adverse effects, like there are no, like there are, I think when you weigh pros to cons, there's more cons, yet people still do it. If you can chat about that, like, you know, this is like theoretically speaking, but nonetheless, I think it's yeah. really cool brain teaser to really think like, what are the factors that push people towards this? Is it just the pressure of saying, I'm a college student now, I got to try it all. Or it's like, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I have two, I guess, like opinions about that. The first one is, as you said, peer pressure. And to me, like, obviously peer pressure is a thing, but uh, when I was in high school, my friends were super good about like not peer pressuring. And I think because I was just only in that environment, I was like, oh, no one peer pressures anymore. That's so stupid. Like, why would you do that? But that's not the case. It definitely happens. And I think peer pressure definitely plays a role because even with something like drinking, I have seen some stigma around people who don't drink, which I think is crazy because I'm like, why does it matter? Like, just leave them alone, you know? But I guess some people like need everyone to drink for whatever reason. Um, But yeah, I think peer pressure definitely plays a role. And also just like, if someone's really nervous to partake in abusing a substance, which is very valid, people will be like, oh, come on. Like, what are you afraid of? Like, it's not that big of a deal. And I think especially freshman year, there's that fear that you're not going to have friends or something. So you might be doing or you might engage in more than you're really willing to do. Um, So peer pressure, I think, definitely is part of it. And the other thing I think about, which, again, maybe this is not everyone, but I think there is an element of curiosity for some people and also a need to escape from the pressures and stresses of life and particularly school. I think some people get so numb from just like, working all day doing school and testing and not feeling satisfied with you know their grades and such that they then feel the need to feel something about life in the form of substance abuse if that makes sense and this reminds me of I was reading about this like years ago about how humans have always had a relationship with substances because humans have always wanted to kind of just feel something different and experience almost an alternate reality. So that gets kind of spiritual in a sense. And I don't think every college kid thinks about it that way. But I do think some people, you know, especially people like, as Ariana said, like taking 
ketamine at like an EDM concert or something. Like they just want to experience a different perspective of life. And they decided to do it in the form of drug use. I, I can only affirm what you said because these are valid opinions, right? I mean, we're not saying this is the end all be all answer, but these are things that are like a fair thing to draw from the situation. And I do wonder then, because, you know, there are the hoftier people who are like, I got this. I can control myself. You know, I, I'll just try this today and no, I won't get addicted. You know, like those little people who are like, no, I've yeah. done this enough. I won't. It's not going to affect me. I'm a solid steel. Nothing can get to me. For sure. I guess, how, how would, knowing what you know, addressing that idea as well for people who think, no, if I try it, I won't get affected. I'm not like everybody else. I'm not going to be addicted. I'm not going to have any adverse effects. I'm invincible. How do you address those individuals? The first thing that came to mind actually was like in terms of COVID also, because I think a lot of people think that they're invincible and can't get sick and such. Um, and bringing it back to drug use, just in the same way that a virus can affect anyone, drug use can affect anyone, even if you're not, you know, I think a lot of times, like, you just know if you don't have an addictive personality or whatnot. And that might be true to some extent. But at a certain point, you can't control how the drug will affect you psychologically or you know, whatever it is within your body, you can't control that. You can, you know, try to stand your ground as much as you want and think I won't get addicted or like this won't hurt me in the long run. But, you know, the more you engage in substance abuse and even something like alcohol, which is a huge part of American life and it's completely legal, you know, even if you use that regularly, you're not immune to what could happen you know even if you are safe with it or something it's still over time you know things add up and they can affect your brain or other parts of your body certain organs and you might not feel it happening but again over time things build up so um yeah and you know again i i think especially at this age people are kind of just like they don't think about anything long term they're just like oh yeah, it's nice going to be wild or whatever. Like, what can I gain from this now? And having fun with their friends. So I think it is hard to have those conversations with people. And I actually have, like, I know people who could really benefit from a conversation like that. Like, hey, you're not invincible. You, like, should probably tone it down or something. And they're just not here for it because, you know, they don't really care if they're living life or whatever. And um, it's kind of hard because that gets into some of the deeper issues about drug abuse that I feel like colleges like talk about. I don't know if you guys had to do a like drinking training thing before college or something, but um, yeah, just like talking to people about how maybe they need help or maybe, you know, they're not as invincible as they thought they were can be kind of hard because I think people don't want to be told that, especially when they're starting to become addicted to something and, they don't really recognize addiction. I think a lot of times with addiction, people like will have to tell you. I think I don't think it's something that you will immediately realize. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that also there, like you said, with like alcohol, like there is like with certain types of like recreational drugs, like the ones that are more like socially normalized, like 
alcohol and weed, people have this perception that like they can just consume these things at like very increased rates and that they it won't affect them. And I've, I've noticed a lot, especially at Barnard, that there is this idea that you can't get ad- be addicted to weed. And I was like, when the first time someone told me that, I was like, I'm sorry, that's not true. <laughs> this is a drug. You, yes, you can. Just because it won't kill you doesn't mean you can't be addicted to it. And like that person, I won't name names, obviously, but that person was smoking almost every single day, like school days, multiple times a day, sometimes. And I was like, I was like, that's not healthy. That is addiction. The fact that you feel like you need to smoke in order to get through your day is a problem. Um, and obviously, like Hannah said, they were not they were not here for it. They did not want to hear what I had to say about it. And, you know, like to a certain extent, like you can help people, but also it is kind of awkward in college sometimes because sometimes you're not close with these people. You can have an acquaintance and you know that they have an issue with some substance and you want them to get help and you sometimes drop hints and you're like hey I don't think this is necessarily the healthiest thing for you to do but at the same time you can lead a horse to water but you can't make it drink like these people you can tell them that they have a problem you can lead them to the right resources but at the end of the day it's it's someone it's like their own prerogative to decide to get help and I think that's very evident in that even just like back in like what Hannah was speaking about in our old high school, like there were a lot of people that like my, my older sister knew that were in our school that had drug addiction problems. And so several people actually went to rehab. Um, and like one person she knew never like really didn't get better until like she had like a really, really bad experience with the drug. And like it psychologically messed her up, like not even psychologically, like neurologically too, like messed her up for the rest of her life. And that is when she took initiative to go to rehab and like is now be- better and is no longer abusing drugs. And like at that, like what I was saying is that you, it has to be a personal incentive. And that's like with anything, like any sort of addiction and any sort of like, even just like relationship issues to like any sort of issue you're having in your life. People can help you with the best intentions, but it has to be, personal choice in order to actually make a difference and make a change. Yeah, definitely. I, that definitely applies to a lot of things and drug usage as well. How are you going to say something? Yeah, no, because it's, it's very interesting. I agree. And it's very interesting because you will hear the narrative though, that, you know, who are you to tell me what I need to do? And this is just like adding fire or like things that I would have heard or things that I've heard Um, prior, like, get off your moral high horse. Who are you to tell me what I can or cannot do? Because as you said, these are socially acceptable things. Smoking, for example, drinking, like, that's a socially American culture. It's culturally accepted to do that. I have every right to do it after a certain age, give or take. Who are you to tell me what I can and cannot do, right? So when confronted with that kind of mentality, it's, it's like, you're right. It's like this, what can you do? And also, who am I to tell you what you can or cannot do? I feel like that's where I stand when I'm just like, when I'm confronted with these type of things. It's like, you're right. Who am I to tell you what is best for you? And I'm not saying it as a person who's like, I don't care. It's more of a person who's like, 
what are you do what would you do if you weren't taking that drug right and if the latter is worse off then sometimes it's like you got to pick two evils i'm being very general but like hopefully you're you're getting the you're picking up what i'm dropping like sometimes that escape using the drug using the weed or whatever the case may be is the alternative to a a much worse um another option another option that's like much worse off for them so does that make sense yeah yeah i think i i think maybe what you're trying to get at is sometimes like people use drug as an escape from things going on in their lives that they can't handle and it's unfortunate that you know they do have to escape to something that can cause them damage in the long run but um i these are ways in which people cope and people aren't perfect and a lot of people fall into it and i think especially with um weed as ariana was talking about um you know, someone was saying like, oh, it's not addictive. I think that's a really common myth with that drug and lots of other drugs. And it's crazy how powerful myths are because there's no actual like solid evidence. And so many people just jump on it because that's what they want to hear. And it's something that's helping them in the moment. And, you know, they feel like that's what they need to get by. Yeah, honestly, like, I, I know that I think before college, I, I was very naive, especially because, as Hannah said earlier, our friend group really was. <laughs> we were the goody two-shoes. We did yeah. everything. I mean, one of our really good friends um, who, who we grew up with was surprised in our, like, junior year of high school that there were people cheating on, like, exams and stuff. <laughs> um, and... I was like, dude, <laughs> we were like, come on. So there was a naive, naivete that kind of pervaded our group. And I think that was also something, especially because we, I will say that we were a little bit more mature in the sense that we approached life with a more mature viewpoint. But at the same time, being mature for like a 16-year-old is not the same level of maturity as a 20-year-old. So... I can say now as like my, with my 21 years of life, I was very naive to think that like alcohol and weed and stuff like that aren't actually gateway drugs. Like people say that all the time. You learn in like dare and stuff. Like these are gateway drugs and you learn in like health class and they try to put so much emphasis on it. And you're like, if I won't be peer pressured, if I don't want to be peer pressured or like how, uh, what you said, like I'm invincible. I know how to control myself. But as you grow older, and you see these things that happen in like college and like you see people that you know or fr- are your friends with um, falling into this tunnel through these gateway drugs, then you realize that like, yeah, they the science knows what it's talking about. Like the social science does not lie. The statistics are there. Um, and I think, like you said, Hannah, like people just don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear like, this fun thing they do to relax that helps them get away from like whatever troubles they're having in their life. And it's like an easier way. It's a more accessible way to get away from their issues. Like then therapy, which can be extremely expensive to people who don't have insurance. Um, And like, even if you do have insurance, the cost builds up, especially if you have really traumatic experiences that you need to work through, like a month of therapy is not going to help you. Like you have to go, it's continuous. 
And then if you have to have like the addition of like prescribed medications for psychological like traumas, like that just, that's just money. It's just so much money. (laughs) So when you get, when you're doing these drugs as a crutch, instead of going to therapy and getting help that way, or, or if you even have like chronic conditions for pain and you're using weed instead, like non-prescribed weed, instead of getting like pain medication or going to a doctor or whatever, you don't want to hear that you can start, like you can potentially start doing like heroin and stuff like that through, through weed. You don't want to know that like you smoking every day is something that could lead you to like your eventual death. Like that's not something that people want to hear because these issues that I mentioned like just now, like they're so unaddressed by society. Like accessibility is such a like issue and people just talk, there's that like the whole idea of like, you need to like bash on the drug addict. I think that's so toxic and it's so naive also to think that like these people are low lives or they, they don't deserve help. The reason that they're doing drugs in the first place is because they probably didn't have access to adequate help. So So the for the more um, short response questions, we asked, is there anything you'd like to share about your personal experience with drug use? Mind you, a lot of these questions were um, not required questions on Google Forms. We kind of just, if you wanted to answer, you, you could. If you didn't want to, you could easily skip. Just wanted to put that out there. We're not forcing anyone to do anything they're not comfortable with. But here are some of the responses from that. One person said, I've personally never felt pressured or the need to feel drugs. Or sorry, I've personally never felt pressured or the need to do drugs. Another person answers, I think that weed does help me personally with anxiety and stress. Not that this is a good fit for everyone, but I feel like it does help me. Another person kept this short and simple and said, I love them. And then finally, I don't do it to improve my performance in school. I do it because it's fun and it helps me wind down and distress. When asked, do you know anyone who takes drugs recreationally? So this is kind of putting it to someone else as opposed to asking about themselves. A hundred percent of the people said yes. They do know someone who takes drugs recreationally. We asked more of an opinion kind of question. Is it okay to use prescription drugs that are not prescribed to you for school and focus purposes? 80% said no. 10% said yes. And then another 10% said I don't know. I mean, you, you just sprung and that's like, that's a whole conversation in and of itself, like system, systemic wise, like criminalize, criminalization of drugs is the first thing that came to my mind, how, yeah, people who use drugs are then associated with being criminals, but not only that, who's supplying them with these drugs, because that only adds to the, you know, because remember, this is a business, right? This is a whole business. People are making money off of people's addiction to a substance that's not good for them. So you're banking and capitalizing on other people's troubles and pains. So it's like, if you try to like even address it, that's what I'm saying, we're, we are just, I want to put it out there, we're just scratching the surface of where this conversation could even lead to. And that's what I like to do on the HP anyways. Start a conversation because I know I want it to continue outside of the chat, right? I want it to continue outside of the space. But there's just so much to it. And there's just so much that we as students also aren't aware of because of, 
what we know and what limited knowledge we also have. But what we do have, we share, which is what Hannah has been doing, which is what Ari has been doing, and which is what I've been trying to facilitate. We are college students and we have seen things. We have experienced things. Share, honey, share. What are some experiences? I mean, you mentioned you kind of talked about your first year, but what you're 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 in your fourth year now, right? Yeah. experience. Like, what are some moments in time that come to mind? Maybe give it a little lighthearted things that you saw and you were like, wow, <laughs> this is my life. You could go, and that's an open-ended question. Take it wherever you want. Um, a bunch of things came to mind, actually. Um, the first one, this is kind of like a funny story. I don't know if it's super crazy, but to me it was because, you know, I'm not really like around these things a lot you know especially like with my friends and stuff they're pretty like calm and stick to you know as we said the norm um but I was at a Halloween party it was before COVID the the last Halloween before COVID (laughs) and um we went to this party with like a bunch of Australian international students and I didn't even know we had that community on campus but this is you know, one of the treasures of going to a big school, like, you just, every day, like, you're meeting new people from new places. It was crazy. So, the majority was Australian students, and then there was, like, one girl from Spain, and then a couple people from the UK. Um, So, you know, just, like, international parties. Somehow, they all knew each other, and we were on campus, and people were drinking. Um, Our rules on campus, probably like most campuses, they kind of suck, Um, technically, even if you're of age, you're not supposed to have alcohol or anything. And especially if you have people over who might be underage, like even if they're not drinking, you're not supposed to have alcohol, whatever, stupid campus rules. Um, but that wasn't even the alarming thing. I walked to the bathroom to find like just a bunch of people in the bathroom. Um, and this one guy who was from Australia, he just like, pulls out a bag of cocaine and he was like I don't understand you Americans you guys smoke weed but what about this stuff like you're truly missing out and like a bunch of the like American students were like no like hell no I'm not doing that like what are you talking about weed is so much like a better option and this guy's like what is wrong with you guys you are truly missing out weed is stupid whatever it was just interesting to also see like the different (laughs) see you guys laughing (laughs) it was interesting to see the different perspectives of people from different regions of the world like this person from australia was truly convinced that weed was like the worst thing ever meanwhile he was about to snore cocaine and the people who are smoking weed were truly convinced that cocaine was the worst thing ever meanwhile like they're smoking like that's not necessarily a better alternative i mean in my opinion i think like snorting sounds like extremely painful um but still like neither is a super good option but yeah that was crazy and he like opened it was like a bathroom and then there was like a door to the toilet and stuff you just like like slammed it open he was like bathroom now like if you're in we're doing this now and I was like I just came here to go to the bathroom but clearly that's not gonna happen (laughs) so yes that was one memorable story (laughs) um and I can't Ariana's like dying (laughs) we're all like we're muting ourselves for the uh, the audience listening we're just like dying on our zoom oh my god 
I probably sound stupid because I'm just like laughing, but for anyone listening, I'm like seeing them. We are laughing. laughing. We are. Hopefully, <laughs> the audience is also laughing along with you because what a what a tale. But I, I like that you brought in the whole like cultural context, like like different people from different regions thinking about drugs in a different way. Like, what is it? You know, that's such a that's also something that's like another conversation. Like, that's really really cool. But damn, mm-hmm. that Australian guy, he was really he was like snort my cocaine or no? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was like very adamant about it. He was like, "You guys are actually stupid," and I'm like, "Wow, okay. <laughs> He's like foolish Americans." <laughs> no, <one>. yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Wow. That's that's so interesting. There's that one story, um, Hannah, that you told me about. There was like someone in your like I forgot which STEM lab you were in that was like they were like. You asked them if they were okay, and they were like, I just took so much Adderall. Oh, my God. You know, it's really funny that I can't even remember exactly what you're talking about because that's happened a lot. Like, especially during finals week, you walk around that library, again, pre-COVID, um, and, like, everyone is on Adderall. It is actually crazy. And that goes back to the whole conversation we had earlier about, like, you're not even prescribed this. Like, what could you possibly be feeling right now? Like, it's probably so intense that you can't even focus on your work, which is why people take Adderall in the first place. But yeah, it was a pretty common thing for me to even just be in class with someone and then be like, yeah, I'm on Adderall. Which, I mean, I think you wouldn't be saying that if you're prescribed Adderall because, like, you would not be like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, if you're taking it recreationally, I feel like you would have more of a need to be like, oh my God, I'm on Adderall because you're having more of an extreme reaction. Um, it's so funny. I can't even remember like exactly which incident you're referring to. That's so funny. Yeah, this too, like on our campus, I remember asking a girl once like, what percentage of the Columbia Barnard population do you think, you know, is on Adderall? Because I, I didn't know what that was. You know how I am. I'm very naive. I'm like, you guys are like, you were in high school, you're naive. I'm like, I'm still naive. And I'm in freaking, I'm a fourth year in college. But hey, you learn something new every day. And she was like, oh yeah, at least 70%. And she was like, and that's me being nice. And I was like, huh, wow. This is a, uh, this is, this is new information for me, but sorry. <laughs> I mean, I guess on our campus, like, what do you agree? Would you say, or you even kind of like the percentage, because you're saying this is a common story. So mm-hmm. it's so common that everyone is like a, is like an unspoken truth at this point. Yeah, it's definitely not something that people, I guess, openly talk about, especially when you are starting college. And I think it just becomes apparent over time. Like, yeah, everyone's on Adderall. And especially during like final season and stuff, I would be sitting with people that like I didn't really know that well. And they'd be like, Yo, I'm going to pick up some Adderall. Like, does anyone want some? And I'm like, okay, what, what do you mean you're going to, like, pick it up? Like, what? Okay. But... <laughs> I'm getting a chai latte. Um, what do you want? <laughs> yeah, literally. I'm like, and again, these are people, like, sometimes I don't really know that well. And I'm like, what? Okay. Um, I don't know. I guess they didn't really care. But, um, Ariana, what would you have to say about your experience with people abusing Adderall? I feel like... Um... It is pretty normalized at Barnard. I think in Columbia, I think seventy percent is. I I'm. I would hope that it's not true. I hope that it's a gross overestimation. 
but like I don't think 70% necessarily take Adderall like all the time but maybe 70% have tried it but also I do like to believe that there is like that group of naive people that are like I wouldn't do that (laughs) um and like I've um like I know people that like have like tried to get Adderall or who have taken Adderall um and have like had varying experiences I think that there is that like stress culture to want to perform um and get high grades so you feel like you need to take Adderall to do that um and like my sister has ADD and she's prescribed like Vyvanse and she told me like when I was talking to her about it recently she was like I don't she's like these drugs aren't like an end-all be-all like you take it and then you're like wow I'm focusing now she's like that's not what it does (laughs) she's like that's how that doesn't is not even remotely close to what it does she's like all it does is like allow me to focus a little bit like I but I can still avoid my work if I wanted to or not even if I wanted to like she's like I still need that drive to do my work it's not like I take it and it's suddenly like I'm going to study and like it (laughs) and she also spoke about like a lot of the, the bad side effects of like her medication like she's like it doesn't make you like don't want to eat as much and then by the end of the day you get really cranky because you're hungry and then like it also elevates your anxiety levels sometimes and if you're like a really anxious person like me it might might not be like the best thing to be taking um and like I do think that like your experience kind of like someone just like being like oh do you want me to pick up like Adderall for you <laughs> I mean, I'm just, yeah literally like a coffee like <laughs> a coffee you want one you want some Adderall <laughs> um it's like that John Mulaney skit where he was like why do people act like fries for the tables like getting like crack um so like it's it's very much normalized in that sense like I had recently I had like a friend text in like a a group chat being like does anyone have like an Adderall plug and like I'm not going to say who was in the group chat with me, but, like, it was not people that would have an Adderall plug. I would, and everyone just didn't answer. I was, I was like, oh, no. Wrong place. I was like, wrong place. But, like, also, it's, like, it's normalized to the point where, like, that person thought, like, they could just text in a group chat, a random group chat, and be like, y'all got Addy? Like, no. I don't I don't have yeah. Addy. Um, so, Yeah. Yeah, Hawa, I think it is normalized, no matter how much we would like to believe it's not. I think, I mean, I, there was one time I met, um, my, one of my friends, like, frat boyfriends. I was like, I don't even know how you have frat boyfriends. If you knew the friend I was talking about, you would also agree with me. But anyway, she has a fat frat boyfriend, and I met him once on, like, low steps, and he was talking about, how during one time during Bacchanal like he was on antibiotics and couldn't drink so he just did cocaine instead okay and I had like that story came out like 10 minutes after I met him <laughs> I was like okay. good alternative <laughs> you know, I was like he was like I did so much cocaine that day I was like oh, oh, oh. Yeah. 
it's just a normal but, yeah. point of conversation at this point. And it's like, but like, I think Ari, Ari said it earlier today, like, you know, when you don't know them well, you can't like sit there and lecture them. Like, I ain't nobody's mom. I'm not your pops. I'm not going <laughs> to tell you don't do this or don't do this. It's just a matter of instructor. Just, just like observing the college life sometimes. It's like, yeah, this is part of it. And we're not trying to say this is the only part of it. Remember, this, I mean, if you want to listen to other parts of it, go check out other episodes. I, we have all types of things that we talk about that's related to college life. This is another aspect that I thought, why not spotlight? Why not talk about it? Because I feel like it's just, as you guys said, it's so normal sometimes. It's like, wait, is this supposed to be this normal? Or maybe it's like, what, who knows what it's supposed to be? I don't know. I don't know. Is it supposed to be? Do you guys think it's supposed to be this normal? Like, yeah, yeah, we're in college. It's normal. It is what it is. We only here four years. <laughs> Live your life. YOLO, as they say. Yeah, it's so true. It's just like, it's also just, I think, sometimes for people who aren't involved in that stuff at all, it's just a little bit shocking when someone so casually is like, yeah, I just like did cocaine instead. Or like, anyone need Adderall? Like, does anyone have Adderall? I think, you know, it goes to show that not everyone is involved and some people are you know either naive or just shocked but also it is a pretty common thing in college a lot of it's because of stress a lot of it's just because like you're young and dumb and you want to not dumb but like you know what I mean like YOLO like you want to just do anything and not think about tomorrow yeah I think I mean my a lot of my shock isn't like oh I'm like here to be like an asshole and judge you or whatever for like doing drugs or like so casually talking about drugs I think my it's like less of judgment more of like shock just because I'm like I feel like that's such personal information I and so like intimate to be like I do these drugs like so <laughs> casually because like I I personally just view drug addiction as like there it n- doesn't necessarily mean mean that there's something else going on with the person but like I don't know like it's like the same thing it's like I I'm also like I wouldn't, ex- I would have the same reaction if someone was like t- talking about their sex life with me after like two minutes after meeting me. Like, I would be like, I don't think I need to know this about you right now. <laughs> we just met. Um, so, like, it's less, it, it, the casual nature of like drugs on campus is, it, it can be shocking because, like, I guess it's like also just a matter of like, what, what do you think is like a lot, like the level of privacy that, some people should have around these things like but also at the same time I kind of appreciate that like people are so openly talking about it not because they should be normalizing it but also because it's better than them not saying anything at all you know because then like for their like if they're being so open with me a virtual stranger then they probably are being open with their friends at least somewhat about it so if they ever need help in the future like their friends probably know what's going on with them and I think that's helpful in a sense um to a certain extent but yeah I definitely was like oh (laughs) oh especially because like the place that we grew up very much like was everything was kind of under wraps like if you knew like the tea you knew the tea but like it wasn't public information yeah like people can you can you could look at someone and be like I can tell they're doing some sort of drugs (laughs) in like our high school like there was several people where I was like 
what is happening with you but also at the same time like unless you really knew them you wouldn't know so going to college campus where it's like very open I was like Whoa. yeah that's a good point because in high school things definitely or just this was our experience but like things were definitely very secretive um and college is the complete opposite. Like, in my experience, too, people that I don't know are so open with the things they do. And I think also part of it was shocking just because I had the opposite experience in high school. Yeah. And then also, like, my parents were never, like, they never used drugs ever. So, like, I know some people have, like, I have friends that have, like, their parents have, like, either smoked or, like, I even have one friend who's, like, was like my dad told me that he did acid and I was like what my dad every lecture that he had he gave me when I was a child was like about how like if you see someone even thinking about doing drugs you gotta run the other way like (laughs) he's like never do a drug in your life so that is also I don't know if you guys have similar experiences with your parents as I mean I think your parents are very nice but how I don't know if your parents were like so anti-drug like my parents that's not even a conversation (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. out of sight out of mind type of thing in a shorter response question we asked in your opinion why do college students feel drawn to recreational drug use and we've gotten the most responses in this question so i'm going to quickly run down all of them because i feel like they're all important to just keep in mind one person says It is a social event, and it's a way to change how you feel or perceive things. It takes you out of your current state of mind. So that's why they think students are kind of drawn to the recreational drugs usage. Another person said, sometimes wanting to escape a stressful environment or even the competitive environment can trigger it if it's academically enhancing drugs, of course. Another says, it's a way to relax in high-pressure environments, and also they feel that college is a good time to experiment. Another response, I think a lot of the times it's a form of stress relief. Maybe it's so hard for students to relax after studying all day that they need drugs to help them. Also, drugs are a big part of the party scene. So I think a lot of people are more inclined to use drugs because they're just having a good time. Someone kept it straight and simple and said, it's fun. Another person said, some college students use them to improve their performance in school. For example, Adderall. Otherwise, at this age, everyone definitely becomes more exposed to them since we're older and we see other people using them. Many end up using them because college can be very difficult, so they resort to drugs to deal with their problems. And finally, I think there's a lot of ordinary variables, some of which factor in more for some people than others. Some I've heard are, and I quote, feels like asserting independence, want to try new things. The risk adds to the thrill. It's part of the culture. It helps or is perceived to help with mental health. And those are the responses for that question. And then the last question that we asked is, if you could ask your college student body any questions related to recreational drug use, what would it be? Someone asked, do you worry about recreational drugs having an impact on your mental or emotional functioning in the near future or later in your life? Another person asked, Are the risks of taking drugs really outweighed by the benefits? Does it really make you feel that good? Another question. Would you have done recreational drugs if you did not go to college? And then finally, what boundaries do you develop for yourself to say how far is too far? 
when you enter the college gates, you know, things are introduced to you and you have to juggle, you know, you have to juggle it because you're going to be confronted with it. So to do or not to do, what to do are the questions that you kind of ask yourself. <laughs> you're right. You're young. You're like, I want to try, but I don't. And then you have what you grew up knowing coming into fruition. It's like, ah, but this is bad. I should be running away. But it's like, ah. So I can see where the point of contention and a lot of the questions that come about as an individual or young adult maneuvering this space that we call college or university. It's a, it's a lot of maneuvering. And I think when it comes to like drugs and drug use, it's just also another playing field that you have to learn how to maneuver in and out of. Because you wanna be sociable, right? You wanna be a part of these things, but to what extent? And you have to decide that for yourself as an individual. I guess one last kind of wrapping up question, and it's something that I asked on the Google format, that'll be a cool one to ask. Keeping in mind, people doing like who do recreational drugs like if you could ask one question to your student body and have them like you know somebody could be like your college it could be college students in general across the nation around the world anything related to recreational drug use what would that question be i think i would ask people and maybe this is like such a boring question but i truly would ask people why they do it because as i said earlier i think you know there's different approaches that people take. Like some people may truly be pressured into doing it and some people might want to use it as a form of release for whatever else is going on in life. And maybe some people just want to experience the aspect of life that is drugs. So, and then I think I would also want to know like, why now, why is this age kind of like the peak for getting into drugs? Like, is it does it continue on later i don't know if you know college kids can answer that now but part of me thinks no because you know people start working and maybe building families if that's what they want to do but i feel like this time period in our lives is when it happens most and i would want to know you know why people do it and why now it's a good question yeah, those are I fair think, questions. I think my question would be, if you knew, like, years down the line, how, like, if, like, this drug use or whatever would negatively, like, impact your life, would you still do it? Like, if you just knew in advance, like, there would be some sort of detrimental result of taking these drugs would you still be doing it or would you stop or can you stop like so I guess that's more than one question technically (laughs) it relates though they all kind of like tie together yeah because I mean there is that aspect of like that we said like people thinking that they have the ability to stop whenever they want and that could be true but that also could be false and it's like if you knew that like something bad would happen do you think you can necessarily stop yeah i think that's a good question because as we were talking about earlier there's a lot of myths and misconceptions and then also some people may not care now but maybe later down the line they'll look back and be like i you know maybe should have thought about it a little bit more yeah and i think it kind of relates to what you said about like why is this the time to do it um like I guess people just think of like what happens in your 20s are very inconsequential like college is just like 
time to experience life and whether that means like trying new drugs or whatever, like people just kind of like, it's that same thing. It's like, they feel invincible. They feel like things that they do now won't haunt them years later, but that might not be true. Kind of going over the survey, you, you hear a lot of the similar sentiment around it's experimental, it's it's available, it's part of the scene, it's part of the culture. I do it because college can be very stressful and people want to unwind and, you know, kind of just escape their reality for a bit. And that all is something that I kind of could have, I didn't, I didn't come up with a hypothesis when I, when I initially created the survey with Ari. We kind of just were curious and decided that these are the questions we wanted to ask. And I'm very happy that people answer them honestly and truthfully. It means the world to me. But yes, I mean, with everything said throughout the episode and with the survey of the masses of these young adults who've kind of just given their opinions on things, I think it's up to you to really decide like what your thoughts are on it. I can only give you one vantage point, the point in which I'm coming from. I kind of wanted to open the space for dialogue. I think that's always my intention with these things. Or just talk about things people forget to talk about sometimes because it's so easy to get lost in the sauce when you're in on campus and you're just you know running around bustling doing your work etc etc you just forget to kind of stop and take in the experience as you go throughout it so this is one aspect of the college student experience um even if i was not the most informed person about it to be honest with you guys most of these episodes i am the least informed person about a lot of the things so that's why i talk to other people about these things because they probably know more than i do and i think that's always a good place to start, just talking to people who probably know more than you and just being open to, you know, having that conversation. So let me stop rambling because I tend to do that a lot. Um, thank you so much for listening. I hope that you've either learned something or maybe information has been reaffirmed to you. If anything, if you already had your own speculations about it, continue having conversations like these. I know this, it, it can be a bit difficult. Um, especially if you know someone personally who's going through something and you know, like, let's say you don't condone it, or maybe you do condone it, who knows, but being, allowing yourself to have these conversations, even if it's just with your friends, like hearing people's opinions on things, I think it just makes for great, a good time, a good time. And definitely try not to judge people because that's not the intention It's not, we're not, you know, I'm not here to tell you what to do with your life. I'm not here to, to like preach something to you. It's more yeah, this is a conversation I had and this is the, this is where it went. And these are the answers and the responses that I got. So you make of it what you will, right? I'm kind of just presenting you with one vantage point and you kind of make of it what you will and you go from there. So thank you so much for listening to the entirety of the episode. I appreciate you so, so much. More episodes are to come, I promise. Um, I know I'm graduating this year, so it's a matter of like shifting gears a bit and seeing where the eight suite goes from here. Otherwise, I'm very excited nonetheless, and I hope you continue to listen and follow along my curious journey of just me asking people questions and seeing what they say about any random topic that I find interesting. So thank you so much for listening. I hope you take care of yourself, help your family, and, and all your loved ones are doing well. Much love, spreading only positive vibes, but yes, peace. <laughs>